Hey everyone, it is great to have you with us. Whether you are exploring faith for the very first time as you watch, whether you maybe feel like your faith has got a little stale in recent times, or maybe you're red hot on fire for Jesus, I have no doubt that he has something to share with you through his word today. And so I'd love us to open in prayer. I'm really excited at how he's going to speak to us. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for these moments that we have together. And I pray that as we look at your word, I ask that my words would be your words. I ask that wherever we are on the journey of faith, you would speak to us with real power, with real clarity. And after these few minutes together, we would never be the same. And so I pray that with faith and I pray that whoever is watching and listening uh, would, would also be impacted in the process. In your amazing name we pray. Amen. Amen. Great. So many of you may know the game of rugby. Whilst I think of myself as an averagely okay rugby player, there was often something missing when I used to play. I was never really the one to do one of those huge monster dump tackles. I think they're illegal now, but back in the day they were completely fine and you got a lot of props from people if you did a tackle like that. I wasn't the one to do a last ditch dive on the sideline to prevent someone from scoring a try. And I wasn't usually the one to catch the ball and run flat out at an opponent and sort of bash them to the ground. I didn't ever, ever really feel like I could break free from the fear associated with it, the thought of the pain that might come about. And I wasn't really ever able to play with all my heart like I saw so many of my teammates doing. But towards the end of my final year at school, towards the end of the season, we sort of had four or five games left. I eventually came to the place of going, do you know what? I actually don't care anymore. I want to at least be able to say to myself, not anyone else, that in my final few games, I played with everything that I had. I wanted to experience the thrill and the exhilaration that I saw others playing with, to feel truly alive on the field. So I pushed back fear. I'm sure I made a lot of prayers. I pushed back the what ifs could happen and I went for it. The exhilaration was incredible. The pain of a dislocated shoulder was also quite real and was also incredibly painful. But even after the dislocated shoulder, I still managed to play a few extra games towards the end of the season. And I can tell you that for a few moments on the field, however many games I managed to play, I felt truly alive. I felt like I was living life to the full on those rugby fields. And it's difficult to describe the feeling that I felt. It was thrilling, it was incredible, it was almost magical in a sense. But the only way that I experienced what I did on the field was by putting some skin in the game, the title of the preach today, to really invest myself in it, to give my all, to expend every part of me in the battle. And even some of that was painful, there was pain that was involved, but to not play wholeheartedly, shying away from the action and to give absolutely everything that I had. You might be saying, what's all this rugby talk and my high school rugby career got to do with anything? Well, we can often do this as Christ followers when it comes to our faith. We can attempt to play the game of faith, but we don't really surrender everything that we have. 
We aren't really prepared to lay down our lives just as Christ laid down his life for each one of us. So we sort of play the game, but because we aren't deeply focused on the task at hand, we aren't deeply focused on the spiritual battle that we're in, our thoughts can tend to wonder to the mistakes that other teammates are making on the field or possibly into the grandstands where we take a look at people eating candy floss and those sorts of things. Our thoughts can tend to wander to the grazed knee that we've just felt from being tackled rather than on winning the game of faith. We start to think about how tired we are, how long it is until the final whistle is going to blow and how we really don't want to get hurt anymore in this game. We look at our coach and we can sometimes actually get annoyed with him. Why is he not making the game easier for us? Why isn't he putting us into a position on the field far away from the action where we aren't going to get hurt? We just want to enjoy the halftime oranges, win the prize at the end, but not really play the game at all. But you see, the thing is, he knows better than anyone that the only way for us to truly feel alive is to have our skin in the game of faith, just like he did. And so what I want us to do is I want us to explore how we can get our skin in the game of faith in a little journey through Acts chapter 2 in the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, great, get them out now and let's turn to Acts chapter 2. If not, it's going to be up on the screen. Now we pick up the story after the Christ followers have just experienced the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's been quite a wild time. And now one of the followers of Christ stands up. His name is Peter and he gives an account to everyone there. There was thousands of people there. They all knew what had just happened and he shares the truth about Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to read from Acts chapter 2 and I'm going to pick up the story in verse 14. And I'm actually going to read this in one whole spread because I want us to get a picture of what the gospel of Christ is all about. So this is what Peter says. Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and he proclaimed to them, fellow Jews and all the residents of Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. The Holy Spirit had come on these people in a powerful way. And so they were acting a little different to how they uh, usually acted. And so people were all questioning what is happening. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women. And they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and cloud of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He's quoting from Joel. Now he carries on. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. They'd been witnesses to what had happened. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, 
ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death. For David says, and now he quotes a psalm in the Bible, I saw the Lord ever before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope because you will not abandon me in Hades or hell or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the path of life to me and you fill me with gladness in your presence. We're almost there in the story. Brothers and sisters, I can confidently speak to you about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not abandoned in Hades and his flesh did not experience decay. God has raised this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Those people there who we were talking to had seen the fact that Jesus' body was gone. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel, i.e. everyone here, know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Now that's quite a chunk, but often it's so good for us to just get in all Scripture has to say to us. Now it is essential that we understand God's gospel story. Before we take the step of faith, we need to know what we are in for. And maybe some of you have never really done that. Even if you're a Christ follower, maybe you receive faith, but you haven't really gone back to what does it really mean to be saved? What did Jesus accomplish? We need to be careful that we don't believe a watered down gospel that's really just a give me whatever I want with no cost kind of faith. Almost a Jesus, you owe me the easy life. I mean, yes, you died for me, but now I'm following you and you kind of owe it to me to make everything go well. Maybe a Jesus, you came so that I can have a genie who gives me whatever I want when I want it. Without any surrender, without any proper trust, without any cost. Now that may sound nice at face value, but it's not biblical. It's selfish and it's actually a poison to real faith. And it will never satisfy you or I. The thing is, is Jesus has already given us everything. He has given his very life for you and I. And now we have the privilege as Christ followers of giving him everything. It'll never match up to what the King of Kings has done in paying the price for your sin and mine. But it's just a small way for us to say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the cross. I think many of us have lost the wonder of the gospel. Yes, God is for us and yes, he has an everlasting love for us. But the world does not revolve around you and I, but him. He is the center of it all. He is the king of majesty. He is the great I am. He is the rock 
of ages. He is the only sovereign. He is perfect purity and he is all surpassing power. Now, when we get that, when we truly get that, look at the response. We read um, from here, verse 37. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, repent. That word means turn 180 degrees. You're going one way, you turn and go the other way. Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he testified strongly and he urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. Do you see what happened as they heard the gospel of Christ? They were pierced to the heart. They were absolutely challenged on the inside. They were ready to turn 180 degrees. They were saying, what must we do? What must we do? Tell us what we should do to what, compared to what we've heard. They wanted to turn from living for themselves to living for God. They were ready to surrender everything. And you know what? In the times that they lived in, they needed to be. Because the chance of death for a Christ follower in those times was very high. There's many other parts in the world where if you put your hand up and say, I follow Jesus, and it's found out, it does mean certain death. You see, Scripture is very clear that we need to count the cost. And in Revelation, it says that God wants to spit us out of His mouth for having a lukewarm, let me dabble in both sides kind of faith. He says, to be honest, I would rather you be very far from me and cold than lukewarm. But why would He say that? This is because God knows that a lukewarm player on the rugby team like that is not effective for anyone in the game. In fact, it's extremely dangerous. Our team can't rely on us to help if we're lukewarm. One minute we take the ball and run, the next minute we want nothing to do with the ball. In fact, it's like we don't even want to play. We're looking to the grandstands, we're thinking about toffee apples and what people are talking about when our team is struggling and we should be helping. The other team can exploit us as a weak link in the team and we don't demonstrate that the coach is the best that there is to everyone else around. So we need to choose and Jesus is very clear on that. It's so easy for us to make an emotional decision to follow Christ, but emotions waver, they go up and down, they change. True belief is a lot deeper than that, and it lasts a lifetime. Jesus promised that the only way to have real life is to lose it for His sake. Faith in Christ is costly. It will cost you and I our lives. Maybe not our physical life in terms of martyrdom, but it will cost us our life in terms of laying aside our desires for the sake of His it's total surrender to the one who gave everything for us. And it is the only way to experience an exhilarating faith. So why do we try and control our lives? Why do we try and keep all our ducks in a row as Christ follows? Why do we try and live this lukewarm kind of faith? I want to challenge you. 
100% surrendering of our lives to a loving king is the only answer. Handing our lives well and truly over to him regardless of the cost, that is getting skin in the game and it's the path to real life. And after the counting the cost, 3,000 people say yes, no matter what the cost, we want to be saved. What a day that must have been. For those of you who are already Christ followers who are watching this right now, can you think back to the wonder of that day in your life? If you can't remember, maybe you gave your life as a child, can you think back to a day where the gospel made sense and you made a decision to run flat out for Jesus Christ? I can. It's one of the most special days of my life, probably the most special. And I just want to challenge you to think back to those moments. And if you've never done that, you can do that right now. If you have never surrendered your life to Christ, you can pause this. You can talk about it with who you're watching with. You can do that right now as the people did in Scripture. Or maybe possibly for some of you, the glorious work of Christ has grown a little boring to you. I want to challenge you to look to Christ again. Ask Him right now for new spiritual eyes to see what He did for you and I on the cross. To see His magnificent work of grace. So that's the root of faith. But what about the fruit of faith? The outworking in our lives of being saved looks a little bit like the last section we're going to read. So let's read this together. This is the last section. These people gave their lives to Christ. They understood the gospel. They gave their lives. And look at what their lives then looked like. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, that's connecting with each other, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as they had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. They broke bread, having communion from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. What an astounding outworking of an internal change in their hearts. These Christ followers actions demonstrated that they had been absolutely transformed. Jesus says you will know them by their fruit, by the product of their faith. And so if your fruit is lacking in the areas I've just read and what we're going to discuss as we come in for a landing, it's time to drill down to find out why. But look at some of the outworking. I'll just touch on it briefly. They were devoted to God's word. What a great opportunity we have in these coming weeks with shutdown in many different parts of the world when we may have extra times on our hands to study his word. What a great opportunity. Instead of Facebook, we can get stuck into the ultimate book. We have an opportunity now to grow deeper in our faith. Let's take advantage. What about spending time together to fellowship? They devoted themselves to it. Well, this is interesting. <laughs> I wonder how many people who call themselves Christ followers around the globe are actually kind of excited about what this COVID-19 virus is doing because I get to do church at home with myself because everyone else annoys me. I reckon that there's probably a few people 
Maybe some of you watching here are like, actually, it's kind of nice to sit on the couch without having to rub shoulders with people who sort of frustrate me. The reality is, is that true community is hard. True community is tiring, but a love for others shows that we've understood the love of Christ. So whilst we may not be meeting together in bigger groups and maybe some places are allowed smaller, smaller gatherings, some not at all, we can take advantages to get stuck in with WhatsApp, with FaceTime calls, with Zoom. We can still build community even though it's through digital. They devoted themselves to communion, to breaking bread, to remembering what Christ had done regularly in their homes. What a great opportunity to be taking community, uh, communion as family, as friends in this time. It's an amazing way that we get to look afresh at the gospel of grace. It says here as well, and they devoted themselves to prayer. This is connecting with God. This is talking with the King of Kings. And we can have a relationship. I've recently published a blog post on hearing God's voice. And uh, I'll put that in the show notes at the bottom so you can check it out. But I just really want us to be a people who are growing in speaking to God and understanding how we can hear His voice. And then look at this. They were radically generous. Verse 45, they sold their possessions and property and they distributed the proceeds to all. This time is very scary for many. Economically, many are, are, are sort of going, are we going to lose our jobs? Are we going to have anything left in two months' time? Can I challenge you to don't hold back on what you have? God loves generosity and He can provide for us in the most supernatural of ways. So ask God and say, Lord Jesus, who is needing help? With the little that I have, how can I be generous? It might be a little bit of extra food. It might be some monetary resources. I'm not sure what it is, but be open to God and say, God, I want to be a river of your blessing to other people rather than a dam that holds it up for myself. Ask him and he'll show you no matter how much or how small you have. And then as we close, what benefits did those Christ followers enjoy from being totally surrendered, from having a skin in the game kind of faith? And this is available to you and to I. I'll just read through some of them. But look at what it says here. Verse 43, they were filled with an incredible sense of awe and wonder at who God is. Their lives were completely surrendered. And as a result, they had a sense, they had a tangible sense of the beauty and the power and the wonder of being in God's presence. What else? They experienced signs and wonders. Verse 43 again, many signs and wonders were performed. They were living radically obedient lives to God. They were stepping out in faith. And in this time, this time of global crisis, I'm praying that we would experience the radical, miraculous work of God. And we'll see it if we're stepping out in faith. What else happened? They were flooded with joy, sincerity and praise. Look at what it says there, verse 46, the end. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. They were praising God. Who doesn't want that? I am desperate for us as a church and anyone else watching, for us to be Christ followers who truly have the joy, the sincerity, and the praise of Christ welling up in us. That will happen if we have a skin in the game kind of faith. And as they did that, look at what happened. It said, at the end of verse 47, they enjoyed the favor of all the people. 
everyone they came into contact with, whether they knew God or not, wanted to know why they were different. They wanted to know what do these people have that we don't have. We want to know more about it. They looked so different to the rest of society. And this is something I am desperately praying for Christ followers during this time. We have such an opportunity to shine for Christ. People are asking so many questions. People are looking for hope. And we have the hope. We have the means to real life and life in abundance. And then the inevitable happened. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. That'll be inevitable. I've been amazed looking at different church online platforms and people are giving their lives to Christ across the world as they hear messages. Maybe you've just given your life to Christ earlier on in this message. Maybe you're going to at the end. But even through digital forms, it's amazing to see God transforming hearts as we live like Christ followers. And I pray that He will do that through conversations, through messages, through any means possible, through you and myself. So as I close... How do we live a skin in the game faith in a lockdown scenario when we're in the midst of social distancing? How do we actually do this? A few thoughts. We care more about the gospel than our personal comfort. So every day we're asking God for opportunities to shine His light in any way that we can. We engage in the community however we can. Maybe it's a WhatsApp message to someone who's on your heart. Maybe it is a call. Maybe it's being part of online church family however we can. We do whatever we can to help those who are at risk. There's many ways through our church that we're able to help, but maybe there's others that you've thought of. We do whatever we can to help those who are truly vulnerable and at risk. We pray for God's kingdom to come in a radical way as a result of this global crisis. C.S. Lewis once said that suffering is almost God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. I think he's doing that, and I trust that he will use us in that process. We ask God how we can be generous in scarcity and when things are tough and we step out in faith, knowing that He is the provider rather than ourselves. And then we walk each day with the Lord, listening for His voice, growing personally in our faith and just wanting to be obedient to Him, regardless of the cost, in absolute surrender. So my challenge is, as I pray, is will you embrace a skin-in-the-game kind of faith today? Will you get stuck in? It is the only way to experience life and life in abundance. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for this time together. I pray that each one of us who's watched this, who's listened to this, I ask that we would be a people who live a skin in the game type of faith that as we gaze upon the beauty of who you are and what you've accomplished for us on the cross, that we would give our lives to you with absolute 100% surrender. We would lay it all down. We would repent and we would run 100% after you. And as a result, Lord Jesus, fruit will naturally overflow. What's happened on the inside will naturally come out on the outside. And as a result, I pray that our light, your light within us rather, would shine brighter than ever before. And that in these weeks and months ahead, many would be added to the number of faith as a result of our obedience and our passion for you. In your incredible, powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much for being with us. Um, there's so many other opportunities to connect on social media, um, face, face to face 
maybe with a distance apart, maybe through different calls, please do check in on our WhatsApp broadcast on Facebook, on our website. We'll give many other opportunities for this. And I'm excited at what's, what God's going to do in your life and mine. Thank you very much.